All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, uh, talking fantasy football division breakdowns. We're on the NFC North tonight. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, Denver Desert Dog. Uh, joining me tonight, Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. How's it going, Ed? It's great, Matt. Almost August. Yeah, in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely time. When's training camp start? Uh, the last week of July, last couple of days, 20, they all start within the 20-somethings, like 25th and on, I think, for most teams. Nice. So what I'll about... be Pittsburgh, the third and the fourth. Nice. You going to do any interviews for Red Triangle Sports there? Yeah, I'll see what I can get, yeah. <laughs> see if we can get our media coverage badges, see if we can get under the tent there. Um, probably not going to happen, but it sounds, it sounds cool to talk about at least. Um... <laughs> So you'll be at the AFC North tonight. We're talking NFC North. We did the NFC South and the NFC West. So tonight, moving on to the NFC North, we'll follow up later in the week with the NFC East. And in the NFC North, the team that you want to start with in terms of fantasy football, the Green Bay Packers, led by their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Clear-cut QB1 for you? Yeah, absolutely. Not even really close? No. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think there's people that could finish ahead of him, but he's the safest bet of all. Um, And part of that is because of the lack of running game that they had or have had in the last couple years. So, Ty Montgomery is the leading man right now in the backfield for them. Converted wide receiver. I think he'll be wearing a running back style number this year. I don't think he'll be back there with 88 like he was. He's wearing 88 still? That's what he said when he was on uh, He was on ESPN shows and things like that. But he kind of cleared the air and said he's full-time running back. And I think he's still rocking 88. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. I thought he might go down to a running back number. Not that it matters or anything. But um, I heard... Some guy today on the radio said that he took Ty Montgomery in the second round of a draft. Um, I don't know if that was a 75-team draft that he took him in the second round. Um, I like Ty Montgomery. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think he'll do well in that offense. I think he fits what they want to do. But definitely still some reason to be concerned about him, though, right? Yeah, I mean... He's bulked up a little bit. I think he's tried to get himself ready for that running back role. I think, I don't know, I think there's some upside to him. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I think just having a full offseason to be prepared to play running back is, is going to be good for him. I'm just anxious to see whether or not he's going to be able to, <clears throat> to carry the ball in full capacity and run between the tackles and do things that you, you need a bell cow type running back to do. Um, not that they're going to rely on him to be a 20-touch-a-game guy, but he's going to have to do things in a wider landscape than he did last year rather than just trying to run around the edge. Yeah, we have him pegged for about 14 carries a game right now, 224 on the season. I think that's a pretty... I think if you were a Montgomery owner and you said start of the year you get 14 carries a game I think you'd be happy with that what scares me with him are rushing touchdowns I don't feel like there's many to have in Green Bay 
Um, so we have him right now at five in our initial ranks. Initial projections, five rushing touchdowns for the year. Um, a little over a thousand yards on the as a rusher. Sixty one targets. He would definitely be an RB two with those numbers. Um, So I'm kind of excited about Tom Montgomery, but I want to see what these reports come out of training camp about his ability and workload and what what the Packers are really expecting to do with him. Yeah, I mean, you know they're going to fluff it, though. You know everything they're going to say is how Brady looks, how he's fully transitioned into the role. You're going to get a lot of fluff. That's the problem with training camp reports. I just pulled back. I believe it was the first MFL we did, which was probably like beginning or mid-May, um, maybe late May. I remember when we did our first one. We got him at 5.08. With, I think he was our third running back behind Howard and Lynch. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I'm good with that. Um, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, two rookies behind him. Gives you some safety. And Tom Montgomery, the fact that they didn't go out and get a Dalvin Cook in the draft or go out and get a free agent to compete with Montgomery definitely gives you some reason to be okay with him. Um the one free agent that they did add this year is Marty Bennett at the tight end position. We've seen Richard Rodgers not really impress um, in Green Bay the last couple of years. And Bennett's coming off what I think was a pretty good year in New England as their tight end with Gronk out. Um, how do you feel about Marty Bennett as Packers tight end this year? I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I mean... I feel like every year we try to get excited about the tight end that goes there because he's with Rodgers, but I, I know, it just never seems to pan out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I definitely... I mean, people were high on Jared Cook when he was in Green Bay. Being high on Jared Cook has never been a thing that's worked out for anyone. But I do feel like there's room in the middle of the field for someone to do some things in Green Bay, so... If I completely discard the tight end position and he's a guy I get in an auction for a couple bucks or um, in the early double-digit rounds and he's my tight end one and I build a strong foundation around him, I think I'd be okay with that. I'm just not expecting a top-five tight end performance from Martellus Bennett. Uh, I'll just leave the floor open to you on this one. What do you want to talk about with the wide receiving core in Green Bay? Um, I don't know. What is there to talk about? Well, we got Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and then Jerron Allison and Jeff Janice. Not really. Don't really need to spend a lot of time on them. Um, I'm still not excited about Randall Cobb. I just don't... I feel like Rodgers has shown the last couple of years that he... Well, we all know he loves Jordy Nelson, but there's a lot of faith in Devontae Adams, and he's the guy that I think I'm most excited about in terms of production versus where you get him in a draft. Yeah, I think so. I think, for me, the biggest thing with kind of all three of these guys, even though Nelson was just the ACL the one time, is just health. I mean, Adams and Cobb both played digged up for a good portion of last year. Um, I think if they stay healthy, I think playing with Rodgers, they should all have good numbers. 
Um, I think you're right, though, about getting Adams at a better spot than Cobb, maybe. Uh, something I'd be interested to look up, because I feel like that gap's closed a little bit. Yeah, the thing that you just have to think about with the Packers is there's thir- there's 35 to 40 touchdowns to go around somewhere. Um, you can pretty much bet on, barring injury, Jordy Nelson's good for at least 10 of them. Um, Devontae Adams showed an ability to score and be a red zone target. Last year, especially late in the season, he really took off. Um, so I think either one of those guys would be great, especially if you could pair him with Rodgers. You're looking at some really big weeks there. So definitely like the receiving core uh, in Green Bay. Who's the player you like most on the Packers? I guess it would have to be Aaron Rodgers. It is in terms of the scoring output, but we've yet to get him. The price is just, it's not what I like to do. Yeah, I agree. I always say I want to take a shot on a quarterback in round three, and then when you look around, it almost seems like when you're willing to do it, Rodgers is already gone. At least that's been the case for us in our MFLs. If if Rodgers had been there for us in a late third-round pick, I think we would have pulled the trigger on at least one, but he's never there. Nope. So, in the close second is Jordy Nelson. You know, last year, he was coming off the ACL injury, and that's uh, an injury that has a reputation of taking over a year to really bounce back to full health, and he was incredible last year. Um, you know, you can't say enough about the touchdowns that Jordy Nelson produces and another year removed from that injury. I know he's getting into his early thirties. Um, but I really see no, no real risk with Jordy Nelson as a late first round, early second round pick. So I'm, I like Nelson a lot there too. Who's the player you like least on the Packers? I'm going to have to say it has to be Bennett, just because I'm unsure. I mean, you can get him whatever you want, I think. But I just don't think it's a guy you can put much value in because it's going to be unsure, and I think it's going to be highly inconsistent. See, that's exactly the same way I feel about Randall Cobb. Um, There's going to be weeks where he's involved and he's a target monster, but with... With the faith that Rodgers has in Adams and Nelson, I just can't see enough to go around to keep all three of them relevant. I mean, Cobb maybe as a flex some weeks, um, but the bottom's really fallen out on his fantasy value for me. Yeah, I just did a quick search. That's why I was kind of not really with you on that last question. <laughs> but Adams is... Adams has fallen from 34 ADP to 40 from, I searched from the first week of June till current. Adams has fallen from 34 to 40. Cobb has fallen from 80 to 87. So Cobb's actually the guy you can get later, but. I think there's, I think that gap is real for the production though that you expect. Yeah, I'm with you. So. I I think Adams at 40 is more of a value than Cobb at 80 because I could see. I could see Adams being a top 10 wide receiver this year, you know. 
some attention gets shifted to Jordy based on the fact that people are seeing that he's still a top talent in the league. Um, I think Adams is going to get some some soft coverages. Who who do you think has the most breakout potential on the Packers? Uh, I'll go Montgomery. I yeah. think if if he gets the touches he could get and kind of fully transitions, I think um, he could kind of make a make a run at doing some some things that are going to help people make runs in their fantasy leagues. I don't have the offensive line statistics in front of me to see where the Packers' offensive line ranks um, in terms of expected talent, but I agree. This team has always been better when they've had a solid running back. Um, you know, when they, the days that they had Lacey as a top back, the Packers were always the team to beat in the NFC, and despite what Rodgers has done the last couple of years to really carry them to the playoffs by themselves, I think they know that they need to have some semblance of a running game and the pass-catching ability that Montgomery obviously has coming from the wide receiver position out of the backfield on top of the fact that we know they're going to want to you know, run the ball a good amount. I'm, I'm excited about Montgomery in that sense. I think there is some real breakout potential for him in this offense. And part of that is because most of these players have already broken out, so... Yeah. He's risen from 50 to 45 in ADP, so I think people are starting to... How much of that is the fact that the running back position is so top-heavy, though? I mean, we went receiver-receiver in our last MFL. We actually got Mike Evans at 9 and then turned around and got Jordy Nelson at... Uh... 16. So when we came back to get a running back at three, round three, and we were looking at it, you know, you're you're staring down guys like Marshawn Lynch, Mark Ingram, Ty Montgomery, Adrian Peterson, and I, I don't know, I think people are almost reaching for guys like that in round three because of what's left. Yeah. I I think you're right, but he's right in that range, and I think he's starting to climb over some of the Amir Abdullahs and some guys like that that are in that range. Uh, you're right, it is very top-heavy. but I think there's safety in Montgomery's job, and I think that's what elevates him over. Like, Amir Abdullah, we all feel like he's definitely the guy in Detroit, but you also have Theo Riddick, who you know is going to get the passing share. Right. Um, Montgomery's in a situation where you feel like he's going to lead the running backs out of the backfield and rushes and, re- and receptions. So there's and there's always, there's always that interest in the flexibility that he could bring and whether they put him in the spot a little bit and still let him do some receiver type thing. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I think I'm coming around on Montgomery a little more from when we started the podcast. I definitely like him. Um, fantasy MVP on the Packers. What do you think? What's our jurisdiction here for MVP? Like, what are we? I like, to think, our... I like to think of it as best bang for your buck, man. Like, that's what I always think of as an MVP. It's not necessarily the best player. Obviously, that's Rodgers, and um, he's going to be probably the top scorer in fantasy football, let alone on your team. But sometimes you can hurt your team going out to get a Rodgers. So, 
That's that's what I think of at least when I think of who a fantasy MVP might be. Well, I guess I'm not going to stray then. I'm going to stay Montgomery. I think the upside potential getting him as the what 19th, 20th running back when he could perform inside top 14, 15. All right, so you just said his ADP is 45 right now. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's a fourth-round pick. We got him in the fifth. Um, do you, you, as a fourth-round running back, do you think he has the potential to earn an RB1 spot, basically? Top 12? It could. I think so, too. I think the thing, the one thing that's going to, like you said, you, I think you hit the nail on the head, if he finds the end zone. Yeah. If he doesn't, it's. I mean, he won't perform well. But if he finds the end zone more than we think, I don't know what we have him down for. But five, touch, think, five touchdowns. Right now we have him as running back 13. So um, you could definitely talk me into him finishing ahead of guys like Spencer Ware, Todd Gurley, and Lamar Miller, and even like a Jay Ajayi, all guys that we have ahead of him in our projections right now. But... Wouldn't be shocked if Montgomery finished ahead of some of those guys. I mean, Spencer Ware, I think we might be like the highest people on him right now because Kareem Hunt's getting a lot of love in the industry right now. And I know we'll talk about the Chiefs one day, but just felt like that needed to be brought up. Um, I think Montgomery's also going to be a, a high yards per carry guy. Because you have to respect, obviously, the passing game and also his receiving ability out of the backfield. So I think that's going to open up some avenues for him to be a high yards per carry guy. All right. Uh, We briefly talked about Amir Abdullah. So let's go to the Detroit Lions next. Talk about that team. Um, Matt Stafford. Seems like he's getting no love. I feel like he never does. He's just always that underlooked guy that never gets the love and then kind of outperforms what, what he's drafted for. He's on pace to have like record-breaking career numbers in terms of passing yards, just in the sense of how long he's been a starter, the, his health, and the fact that they throw the ball so much and have thrown the ball so much for his career. Um, yeah, not a lot of love for Stafford, and he's a guy that if he's my QB one on draft day, I'm I'm okay with it. You're more okay with it. Than we've had this discussion through some NFL, but <laughs> yeah, you're more of an Eli guy, so <laughs> you love you some Eli. Um, Abdullah, where do you stand on him? I mean, we. We have yet to really see this guy become what he was touted coming out of the NFL draft two years ago. Um, I think you are pretty high on Abdul, though, coming into this year. I was on him last year, too. I got him in options draft. Um, I think I think last year could have been a good year for him. I think he could have broke out, but freak foot or ankle, whatever it was, set him back. Um I can't imagine that he won't be fully recovered from that. He's had plenty of time. Um, I just think the talent level is, is high. I just think he's waiting, not really like he's waiting for his opportunity, but we're waiting for him to stay healthy and 
get that full workload and kind of take the bull by the horns. And uh, I mean, just because the talent's there, I'll stay on it. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about that. I think part of his allure when he first came into the league was his ability to make plays in the receiving game. And the one part that scares me about that is that that's really become Theo Reddick's M.O. Um, in Detroit. He's been a PPR monster at the running back position. Uh, really carried some value for guys in bye weeks and th- as fill-ins and injury fill-ins. Um, I-, I want no parts of Theo Reddick on my team as far as draft day, but if he's there on the waiver wire for a one-week spot start, I'd be interested in But that, that definitely hurts Abdullah, just the fact that he's around. Um, we've been spending a lot of time talking about this middling tight end group, and Eric Ebron's one of the leaders in that middling tight end group. Is he a candidate for you to talk about breakout potential later in later in the segment? I don't think. Is it, again for him? It's just a health thing. I mean, he's going to miss games. It's just a question of how many. And I don't think that's what I want in that spot. No, I, I would agree. I'm not really sold on Ebron. I think he's a guy that you're going to be able to pick up on the waiver wire throughout <laughs> throughout the season if you need a spot in tight end. I don't think anyone's going to plant their flag on Eric Ebron and say, this is my tight end, this is the guy I'm rocking with each week. What is it the, the new this year? Plant my flag? Planting flags this year? <laughs> you tell me, man. We ran out of hats, I guess. <laughs> Got a couple flags, so yeah, th- I guess that's what we're talking about now. The guy I want to mainly talk about here in the in the overview is um, Golden Tate. I love Golden Tate. He does nothing but just catch 90 balls, 90 plus balls, even though people were down on him last year. Uh, he ended up having a great season, finishing with great numbers. Um, I'm still excited about Golden Tate. We, we don't have any shares of him in MFLs. But I still think he's a guy that if he's your wide receiver too, you're really excited. Yeah, he was he was atrocious for dreadful, awful. He was, he was so bad. I mean, he was dropped in leagues last year. Yep. And I well, the second half of the year, he really came to life and really started to find a stride. Um, so yeah, I don't see any reason why he doesn't kind of pick up where he left off. Um, he's kind of always one of those guys that I, that I always throw into that that whole can't be a wide receiver one type thing just because he doesn't really fit the mold for me. Um, but I think I think he continues to show that he's growing as an NFL receiver and finding ways to be an all-around route runner and make big plays down the field as well. So, I mean... And him and Stafford just seem to get it. Like, they're just on... They have good chemistry. Even when he was struggling, the targets were still there. He was just... I don't know. For whatever reason, he wasn't producing in the beginning of the year. And then the targets stayed there. He picked it up, and he became a must-start every week. Um, Was, uh... Just your opinion. How much... Because, I mean, Marvin Jones was an absolute stud at the beginning of the year. I, I... Felt like I stole one at the draft, and then he had like that monster breakout game where he went for like a buck fifty and like two touchdowns or something. And I was like, "Is it, do I still high on this guy?" 
I couldn't decide, and I decided to hold on to him, and that was right when he kind of got hurt. I'm just curious, was like the rise of Golden Tate linked to the Marvin Jones injury? Well, that's one thing that's always helped Golden Tate um, in Detroit. You know, whenever Calvin Johnson was out, Mar- uh, Golden Tate put up monster numbers. Um, the targets really need to be there for Golden Tate to, to do what you want him to do. Um, so, yeah, there, there's probably some truth in that. I think the other thing that plays into that is that Marvin Jones just isn't as good as we maybe thought he was. I don't know. Yeah. You're still a believer? I'm not sure. Alright, I see you holding your holding your cards close to your chest there, <laughs> not not playing your hand. Who's the wide receiver three in Detroit? <laughs> we have two guys on our projections right now, TJ Jones and Kenny Galladay. I guess it's gotta be Kenny Galladay. I guess Galladay's a burner. I heard he's he's the deep guy. He's the he's the big play guy. Who? Kenny Kenny Galladay. <laughs> oh man, how good, how good long times. are we gonna how long are we gonna talk about the Lions before we discuss the fact that they invited Calvin Johnson to training camp? Did they? You didn't see that? No. Yeah, they invited Calvin Johnson to training camp. He politely declined. I haven't heard. I don't think he's made one yet. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come. He flat out said the fact that he retired is because he was playing on the Detroit Lions and they had no chance to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so. but maybe now he sees the rise of the Detroit Lions. Where? I mean, they're not. They're ce- their, ceilings, their ceiling's 10-6 and six in a second-round boot in the playoffs. Their floor is 2-14, and 14, picking, picking in the top five of the draft. No? You like yeah. the Lions. Huh? You like the Lions. I don't like them. I just don't think that they were the same team that Calvin Johnson played for. And you can't deny the fact that if Calvin Johnson retired early. We all know that. We all know that he probably can still ball out. You can't possibly tell me that if Calvin Johnson didn't roll in there that they don't become instantly a greater team. Not a better team, a greater team. They're still not the favorite in the North. No. That's I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't get why he would come back. I, I agree he could still probably play at this level, but I, I don't know. I'm not not really excited about the Lions. Every year, every other year, they seem to mix in a 10-win season, but this is 8-8 this is eight eight written all over it to me. Jeff Fisher should be the head coach of this team. Who? Oh. Jeff Fisher. I do like I like the offensive coordinator though. I like the offense. I need to see a little more from the running game. Um, who's the player you like the most on the Lions? <clears throat> well, well, Marvin. <laughs> I'm gonna go Abdullah by default. <clears throat> All right, I'll go Golden Tate with Matt Stafford a close second. Um, for all the reasons we just talked about those guys for. Who's the player you like the least? Uh, Eric Ebron. Alright, mine's Marvin. Mine's Marvin Jones because I just don't want to try to pick the weeks that he's going to blow up. 
he's he's like Deshaun Jackson for me. I'm not saying same skill set, but I'm saying same week to week production. <clears throat> I feel like he's also a big play guy, and I feel like the Lions the last part of the season became a short passing team. I have no facts to back that up. Just a gut feel from watching them quite a bit towards the end of the year when they were making their push to get in the playoffs. Um, breakout potential on the Lions. Who do you got? Kenny Galladay. Chalk it up. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> who? I said, yeah, buddy. I thought you said Kenny Galladay. Who? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. Let's do it. <laughs> breakout potential's got to be Amir Abdullah, I guess. Yeah, I guess because we've never really seen it. How about this, though, for a breakout potential? Just throwing it out there. What if Matt Stafford would have a Matt Ryan-type season of last year? I don't think I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, but you probably didn't think Matt Ryan would be the top quarterback last year. You forget that I did. You, you said he'd be the top, or you said I'm good with him as my... Uh, I think we'd have to shuffle the deck and go back and listen to some pause, but I think I said, I think I said top pause. Interesting. I will try and find that because I think you're lying. <laughs> um, fantasy MVP. Play the clip next though. <laughs> fantasy MVP on the lines. Ugh. It's Matt Stafford. Sure, you can have him. You're all in on them. I like Stafford. Problem is, there's only one person that likes Stafford more than me, and that's my dad, so. I won't get him. I need an answer. Oh, you're still waiting for me to pick one? Yeah, that's part of the show. I ask a question, and we both answer it. I'll go I said it. Matt Stafford, and you sat there. So, <laughs> Golden Tate, I guess. I don't know. Uh, break. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. Um. I hate this team. That's more than I look at it. Coming off the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Not go, getting f- go from one high-powered offense to another. Um. <laughs> Lat Murray's in town. Yeah, boy. <laughs> you love you some lat. Um, a couple of guys with no vision with a, a team that doesn't block him. <laughs> Woo-wee. <laughs> I wonder what Lat Murray's vision rating in uh, in Madden is. 12. <laughs> yeah. But the touchdown production was there behind the best offensive line in football last year, other than the Cowboys. Uh the Raiders, he had a nice season with them last year. But none of us are excited about Latavius Murray. The problem is, I don't think we're excited about Dalvin Cook either, based on what you just talked about with their offensive line. Uh, people are looking at where he's going. He's like a fourth-round pick, isn't he? I think it's kind of co- I think it's taken a step back okay. compared to where we were when we first started doing our NFLs. Um... But, I mean, I guess if you think about it, it makes sense. 
Bradford can't throw the ball farther than three yards. So that that's Cook, and he can take it to the house. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's like, he had a lot of huge plays last year, but like he's not like, he's not like blow away squeed guy. I guess 40 times to rave about or anything like that. He's just kind of football fast. I think he's more elusive than he is straight line speed. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't get behind Dalvin Cook. Um, I don't know. Rookie running backs scare me to begin with, unless they're like no names that would take the job in week 12 due to an injury, but I just don't, I don't like anything about this offense. Going back to middling tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, where's, where's, where's he at in your middling tight end ranking? <laughs> He's one of the ones I like, actually. Ugh. Come on, man. He was great last year. Yeah, I guess. He was stellar. He was. I know, but that doesn't like that doesn't mean that he's going to be stellar this year. So Dalvin Cook can have value because Bradford can't throw for. I was joking years. about that. Okay. Well, that's a, oh, that was real though. All right. Bradford loves tight ends. Uh, yeah. He also likes Diggs and. Thielen. Thielen was the guy last year. He was awesome. Rudolph had 132 targets. Yeah. I, I'm aware. They're not going away. They also couldn't run the ball last year at all. That's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. You can be in on Rudolph. I don't know. I don't, like This team hasn't evolved. No, I, I did hear someone call into a radio show this week and say that they thought Bradford would have like low thirties and touchdowns. I don't I don't see that happening. That's gotta be Rudolph with like seventeen though. <laughs> yeah, he really likes Diggs too. He said he loves loves the Bradford to Diggs combo. I can't get behind Diggs either. <laughs> what? How are you doing? It's just stretching my legs, dude. Sorry. Call me out on stuff on live air. Thanks. <laughs> Alright, I'll take this for a little bit while you compose yourself. Um, one thing that we don't see eye to eye on is... Uh, you think Teddy Bridgewater is still a thing in Minnesota. I don't. You've talked me out of it, I guess. <laughs> All right. Great, <laughs> great podcasting right there. I <laughs> thought I might start a debate, and Eddie told me, no, you're right. So that's uh, that's awesome. Do you, do you think Thielen can produce again, or is that was that just like a typical Vikings flash in the pan at the receiver position? Uh, I don't think he can. He's... If anyone was Deshaun Jackson, ask it was Thielen. He was good week to week. But it was like it was like big play after big play after big play. Really? I don't think it's repeatable. I don't know. That's what I. I thought he was like a PPR monster. 
Was he? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't have a lot of Adam Thielen data. That's your first mistake. You gotta get you some Adam Thielen data. There might be 31 other teams I'm looking at for fantasy value before I look at the Vikings. Well, you're showing before that you're looking at tonight because we're talking NFC North. So. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um, who's the player you like most in Minnesota? I guess it's Kyle Rudolph since you know you yeah. got, you got your reindeer antlers on and your red nose. Yes, sir. Who do I like the most? Wow, this is a bad team. Um, Adam Thielen, four receptions. Yeah, but he didn't play the first couple games. You can't can't go off that. Look at the game logs. The, um, I guess Diggs is the guy that I like best out of this group. Um, he got a lot of praise early last year as a route runner and. Another year with Bradford can hurt. I'd be interested in Diggs as a low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three guy. So, and part of that's just because when I looked at this, I think Rudolph was the guy I like best, and I didn't want to say it. So, who's the player you like least? I think this is slam dunk easiest question of the night. The player I like least. Yeah. Flat. Yeah, Latavius Murray stinks at football. He's not good. Don't draft him. Don't waste it. When he's sitting there in round nine and you say to yourself, wow, I can get a starting running back in round nine. Just don't. Don't do it. He's not good. We got him once, though, in an MFL, right? Because we were sitting there in round nine and we said, did we take him? Yeah. Yeah. He could punch two in one game and get, get on the board for us one week. Just not not expecting it. Um, yeah, that difference though, like taking him in the two points league, where you could get a guy that punches multiple touchdowns in and makes your roster for a week. He's not a guy that you can do on a weekly league where you got to plug him in there and deal with those absolutely dreadful outputs he's gonna have. Adam Thielen also scratch golfer. He finished 29th out of 89 celebrities in the tournament. Um. Yeah, you're right. He's like a four. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's like a four or five catch guy a game. Yeah, he's not a thing. Yards per catch was fourteen. That was probably pretty big. Um, there was yeah. one. Actually, no. Hold on. No, I'm looking at this in the wrong order. The last. So he didn't play against Indy. He was hurt. Or he played, but he. I think he left the game. He had 15 targets in their second-to-last game against the Packers, 12 for 202 and two touchdowns. The game before that, 4 for 101, 7 for 86, 8 for 53, 5 for 65. There's there's something there. He only had five touchdowns. No? Can't sell you? All right. Um, what? I'm sorry. Teddy Bridgewater's a thing. What's happening? Uh, who has the most breakout potential of any player on the Vikings? Teddy Bridgewater. What are you What are you reading about right now that leads you to believe this? Um, watching 
videos he posts on social media of him working out with Devontae Parker. Where he's taking, he's taking like quarterback drops, working footwork, reverse pivoting, out, rambling, like he's doing things. Yeah, I just I, I don't see any reason why Bradford should lose that job after what he did last year. Bradford's yeah. also not the guy that's going to go out and win himself a job. He's just going to be meh. Yeah, that's the thing. I think you know what you have with him. I don't know. Um, fantasy MVP. Well, did we? Oh, you said Bridgewater for breakout potential. I guess it's Dalvin Cook would be my breakout potential guy. Well, I think I was being I was being an idiot with when okay. I said Teddy, Teddy Ridgewater. A guy that we, we breezed over and we haven't even talked about yet. Now that I'm actually getting myself back on the reels here a little bit. Laquan Treadwell? Yes, sir. I mean, the dude's a physical specimen. I, I don't understand. I don't remember what his issue was last year. I don't know if it was playbook. Just I, think it, I thought he was a quad or something, or a calf that he was dealing with. Yeah, could have been. I mean... I just find it hard to believe that they have this guy. They're not going to find a way to make him a part. He's just, he's like Cook. Like, he's a guy that we were so excited about in terms of physical ability, and they went to the worst situation ever for them. Yeah. Like, Treadwell, isn't he like a down-the-field guy? Like, big play dude? Like, go-get-it-in-the-air guy? Yeah. I don't think his route running is very extensive, but he's... He's definitely a ball winner. I like that term. A ball winner. I like that. Um, fantasy MVP, who you got? Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, there's a path to him being a top five tight end this year. And the price tag does not come with that potential. So that's, that's nice for him. All right, last team in the division. And actually one that, as bad as they are, and were last year. One that has some, I think, clear fantasy value on it. Um, the Chicago Bears. I've long been a Mike Glennon fan. I've always thought in Tampa you got a bad shake. Obviously, when you get the number one pick and you have the ability to get a quarterback of Jameis Winston's caliber, a guy like Mike Glennon then gets passed on. But I don't see any reason why he can't carry value for the Bears receivers this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's shown he can play in the league. I, I think he can be competent. He got managed a game. I mean, I feel better about these guys with him at their quarterback than I did with Cutler. Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky waiting the wings. I don't think anyone's really concerned about him for this season, um, but definitely if Glennon were to go down, it would be interesting to see what Trubisky could do uh, um, in an NFL offense. Uh, running back position, Jordan Howard was incredible last year. Definitely scares me a little bit this year. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of Todd Gurley year two in him and the fact that this team is going to be terrible and I just and he's the only guy in town really for in terms of carries um but I I could see the production falling way off for him compared to what last year was. He I think he's a rock solid second round pick. 
um, but not thrilled with not thrilled with the his ability to repeat. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with a dude that bursts onto the scene like this, that all of a sudden rockets up to uh, second round pick, first round turn there area, early second, whatever. There's always concern because we've just seen it so much where it doesn't pan. And the biggest example of that to me in recent years was Jeremy Hill. Um, and Good call. It, it does scare you big time. Um, but there was always kind of a second guy in town for Jeremy Hill. So if he wasn't getting job done, they were going to be quick to turn. I don't think they're going to do that with Langford. I think they know what they have with him, and it's not that great. Um, well, Langford's not good at football either, so that's that's a thing. Yeah, and I just think it's easy it's easy to worry about running backs on bad teams because they're going to be behind and things like that. But I think the Bears will find out that their best chance to win involves a high touch number for Howard. So I think that he still gets touches and still kind of gets the workload that we need him to get. Um, That's where I stand on it. I think it is risky, but I'm okay with it. I think it's a risk I'm okay with taking. Yeah, I think he's. I think there's a solid floor for him. Um, I don't think the bottom falls out like it did for Gurley last year. Um, but I just don't think we're going to see. Like I think the price you pay for Howard on draft day is the ceiling. Like I don't think we're going to be talking about Jordan Howard as a top five pick next year. The ceiling is not the roof. Right, yeah. The one guy you have to be worried about in Chicago in terms of Jordan Howard, though, is the human joystick. <laughs> you want to give us a little scouting report on the human joystick for those that may not know who that is? Because that's a household name right there. Tark Cohen? <laughs> Tariq? What, is, is that the scouting report? His name? <laughs> <laughs> the pride of North Carolina A and T, where right. I think the marching band's better than the football team. <laughs> what about what do you like about this guy? Because I think you do like him a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of fantasy value he holds. I think I don't know. He kind of he's kind of like a guy that could burst onto the scene, a la Tyreek Hill. Okay. And, you know, kind of it's, it's these interesting guys that get put in interesting situations that, you know, are, are great talents in open space that find ways to make big plays and kind of burst onto the scene and then kind of fizzle out quickly. Uh, Cordell Patterson, like, just it, it's just that kind of thing for me, I think. Um, he's five foot six, 178 pounds. I mean, he's one hit away from death. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> He's tiny. Yeah, he's small. And what's and then everyone wants to draw the Darren Sproles, Sproles characteristic and <laughs> comparisons. And I mean, that's I, that horse has been beaten to death. So, so, bad. so bad. Like every like small running back that comes out with like open field ability is Darren Sproles. That, yeah, it's that, just Alvin Kamara is falling victim to that, especially being in New Orleans right now. It's like, oh, he's going to be the new Sproles in Peyton's offense. Yeah. I I don't see so the, I, don't, I don't see the Bears as an innovative <laughs> offensive ball club either. 
John Fox, for whatever reason, doesn't strike me as the uh, the cutting edge guy. So, nah, he is boring football. <laughs> um, Let, let's uh, let's jump over this intriguing wide receiver core. I we love have. I love their wide receiver core, um, but I just don't know if I want any parts of it. I think there's paths to four of these five guys being really exciting. Um, but I'm not sure the price is going to be what I want, where I'm willing to take a chance on that. The two favorites have to be Cameron Meredith and Kevin White. Um, both big body guys, big potential guys. Um, but then the other two that are interesting to me are Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton. They both are kind of that slot guy that can do some things in the middle of the field. Um, Victor Cruz, not no interest at all for me, but... Those are the receivers that we're talking about in Chicago. Uh, do you feel the same about those five? I do. I, I think I don't even know what the price tag is on White and Meredith because we haven't really targeted them. But I think Mer- kinda... Meredith's been there. I think in round six, round seven, when we've wanted to get him. Yeah, they're interesting. White White's more challenging for me to get behind than Meredith. It just seems like every time you're supposed to get on board with Kevin White he gets hurt or something falls off or you just hear bad news. He just seems like a guy that will ruin you quicker than you get to the championship. So I just think there's more risk than anything there. Um, they say the talent's through the roof, but until I see it, he's one of those guys where I'll be the last one on. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll be two years from now scratching my head over it than, than buying in now. Um, <clears throat> I think Wheaton's intriguing. Um, I think he's a guy that brings experience in and has done a lot of different things and and, and been in a lot of different roles too. Because I mean, he's been kind of number three guy and then stepped up and became more than that when Bryant wasn't around. Uh, wasn't very healthy last year, but I think he's interesting. Yeah, you know more about Wheaton than me. Um just being a Steelers fan, but Kendall Wright is, I think, the same type of player. He's, I think he's one of those guys that I don't think he'll ever be a top receiver in the league, but I feel like he's one of those guys that could hang around and play in the league for 10, 12 years and just make his way as a slot receiver journeyman going from team to team. He had a really nice first couple of years in Tennessee, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy recently, but I still have a slight amount of interest in seeing how Kendall Wright fits into this receiving game. And unfortunately, you already mentioned, the reports we'll get out of training camp will be, oh, he looks healthy, best shape of his life, yada, 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 that stuff. But I still think there's talent to be extracted from him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's the kind of training camp report we'll get here. This is going to be, to me, quick glance without really thinking through all 32 teams. This might be one of the most intriguing things to watch throughout a training camp is this wide receiver core and how, how it kind of comes together and who's where and, and things like that. I think it's going to be very interesting. They brought in a lot of names to try and figure it out. A lot of different guys, a lot of different skill sets and body types. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. The other thing is that makes this receiving core so interesting is we don't expect the Bears to be good. So the ball should be in the air a lot in the second half. And I think generally the the consensus around Mike Glennon is that people are okay with him. So 
we'll see. Um, but definitely a team that if you're looking for some late wide receiver targets to fill out your flex spots or wide receiver depth, um, keep an eye on this team. You may get a better price on a player than you know than you think, and you may be really happy come the end of the year and what you got on draft day. So let's get into the questions for the Bears. Uh, player you like the most, I guess it's got to be Jordan Howard, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I would agree. Cam Meredith for me would be a second, but I don't think it's really that close. Um, player you like the least? Um, so hard with the receiving core not knowing who's going to – I mean, guys are going to get cut from this battle. But <clears throat> is it a cop-out to say Jeremy Langford? <laughs> Uh, yes, it is. Uh, the name that I was kind of thinking about is Zach Miller. Yeah, because that's the one thing I was going to breeze over at the end after we kind of got through the questions was Adam Shaheen. I think I think that he's going to be the one that takes that job. Yeah. So Zach Miller had a great rapport with Cutler. Um, I don't really – I don't know if Glennon used the tight end. I don't have those numbers when he was in Tampa. But they're talking about Zach Miller as a potential cut candidate. And with bringing all these names in this receiving core, I feel like the focus is going to be A, on the running back, and B, on the player, not only the young players in Meredith and White, but the intriguing veterans. I think Miller's just going to get left in the dust in this team. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on the field much. So the, the, the popular topic in the NFC North is middling tight ends, and Miller, we don't like him. I don't even, I don't even consider him middling. He's, he's bottom of the barrel. Uh, breakout potential. <laughs> what? Oh, just reading Adam Shaheen's profile and just trying to learn more about him. Especially He's got a suspension coming, right? I no, 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 no. Sorry, that's Higby. Um, Tyler, how, Higby, Tyler Higby. Sorry. I was just reading this whole like draft profile on like his strengths and weaknesses. At the bottom, they give an NFL comparison. Shaheen? Yeah. ASJ? No. Oh. Why would I last? Oh, uh, Vance. <laughs> that matchup nightmare. Shaheen, this Shaheen kid's a big kid. Six foot six, two seventy eight. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, breakout potential. Uh, breakout potential. I guess since we haven't seen it, I'll go Kevin White. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, I feel like we've seen it from Meredith. I feel like he kind of burst on the scene. So yeah, I'm, I I was I was thinking about going Wheaton here. <laughs> he definitely hasn't broken out yet. No, but I mean he's kind of. Yeah, the ceiling's not the roof with him. No, and he and he peaked in Pittsburgh with like his his draft stock. Like it's never gonna get better than what it was. Kind of before Martavis Bryant burst on the scene, he was the number two. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I, Kevin White's the answer. That's that's the right 
that's the answer. That's that's number one on the. We asked a hundred people who the breakout player would be on the Chicago Bears. So when you said Kevin White, I should have just went. Good answer. Good answer. Good Survey. Answer. What? Survey says. Forty-two. <laughs> 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 Uh, this when we're done. <laughs> Fantasy MVP on the Bears. Um, best bang for your buck. Uh, Meredith. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Wide receiver one in the late rounds. Let me see if I can get his ADP. Be a better podcast if I had the websites pulled up. And I didn't have to do all that stuff, but yeah, not a good effort tonight. I think we're. I think this is the most fun we've had doing a podcast in a while. So yeah, people aren't gonna have fun listening to it, but I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you even navigate this website? <laughs> um, who are we looking up? Cam Meredith. Yeah. Where's that dude at? I got him. I got him at 86.38, so... I might have had a wider range. I'm going all the way back to the late May. Alright. Right around the likes of Corey Davis, Jeremy Macklin, Randall Cobb. I'll take Meredith over all three of them end of season. Macklin may be close, but Corey Davis or Cameron Meredith, I think Meredith outscores him by about 50 points. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with the Chicago Bears? No. Other than Adam Shaheen being a Vance McDonald comp. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. That's what he says. All right. That was the NFC North. Um, I think there's some sneaky value in this conference, in this division. Um, not so much with the Lions and Vikings, but the Bears and Packers have interesting pieces. So, fairly excited about that. Um, NFC East is going to be up next. That's a monster, monster division for fantasy. So, I'm excited to talk about that one. Um, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle 23 for the third straight show. We will be getting back into the Twitter game um, eventually. Hasn't happened yet. Looking for a guy with a lot of free time in the summer to be posted on Twitter. So, if you know anyone, you know, let me know, Ed. But, (laughs) for the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum, I'm your host, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon with the NFC East.